0: x-ray welcome to grow pdx here on x-ray fm grow pdx is a live call-in radio show and podcast focused on gardening farming community food systems and more you know plants for people pollinators and the planet and now we turn to the host of grow pdx weston miller of Oregon's, oregon state university
1: Thank you for joining us here on Grow PDX on X-Ray FM, and on Facebook Live at The Oregonian. We're happy to have you with us. I'm your host, Weston Miller of OSU, joined by our digital producer, Diana Suarez. For today's show, we're going to interview Amy Cox and Josh Middleton of ProTime Lawn Seed. And you guessed it, we're going to be talking about lawns and eco-lawns as well. Welcome to Josh and Amy. Thank you for joining us here on GrowPDX today.
2: Thanks for having us. Thank
1: you so much for having us. And we'll get to know our guests shortly, but first, let's celebrate our plant of the week, which is clover. And Josh and Amy were kind enough to bring in a cool sample of some grasses mixed with micro clover there. So, tell us, why is micro clover so cool?
2: Well, we love micro clover, and particularly as it applies to uh, to lawns. Um, uh, microclover in particular is the backbone to our ecology lawns. Um, it fixes nitrogen in the soil, um, but it also has great drought tolerance, great shade tolerance, wear tolerance, uh, so overall it's just a great additive
0: to an ecology lawn.
1: Cool, and Diana, for those out there in radio land, will you give a visual description sure. of our clover here?
0: Sure, if I could just look at it more closely. Um, I see, yeah, like some blades blades that look like you know what you would think typical grass would look like and then there's three leaves that they're like ovular with a point at the end. Um,
1: those are the clovers right there?
0: Yeah kind of like what you would think a three, li- three leaf clover would look like but without the three points it's just like one point instead. Yeah. Cool yeah.
1: and thanks and I would go ahead and say that um, oftentimes there's Dutch white clover mixed in lawns whether people want it to be or not And in many ways, that's A-OK with me, since, as Amy said, it's a nitrogen fixer, Mm -hmm. it mows down nicely, it mixes well in with with grass species, and then when it flowers, it's going to be providing food for European honeybees and other pollinators, too. So I'd say just be careful if you're going to prance through your yard barefooted during the middle of the day, because you might get stung by a bee. But overall, clovers are a good part of lawns here in the Northwest. This is Grow PDX radio show and podcast. We're focusing on plants for people, pollinators on the planet each week on Wednesday from 1 to 1.30 p.m. on X-Ray FM. You can also catch a podcast of the show from our Facebook page at GrowPDX. We're going to return to our conversation with Amy Cox and Josh Middleton of ProTime Lawn Seed in just one moment. Diana, do we have folks joining in on Facebook?
0: We actually do. Thanks so much to Bree, Kim, Lucy, Jackie, Kathleen, Jennifer, Becky, Kylie, Dawn, and Linda. Thanks so much to all of you. And Lucy asked us a question, can daylilies be divided safely now?
1: Oh, that is a good question. I think with dividing bulbs, fall is going to really be the best time, but they're pretty darn burly. And if you divided them now, they'll be Okay. Okay. Cool. All right. Thanks for the question. And now we get to Josh and Amy talking about Pro Time Lawn Seed. So your stores based here in Portland. What's the mission of the store?
2: Really, we have a we have a unique uh, store. You can come to our shop and talk to us about your lawn and really any green space that you have. We have lots of options for you. We'll talk to you about the different alternatives for seed, uh, lawn seed, wildflower seed. We also specialize in Pacific Northwest native seed. Um, but you can come talk to us and we'll uh, give you lots of options for your budget and your skill level um, and you know, we just have lots to offer.
1: And where's the store located?
2: We're in inner southeast Portland, so 17th and Ankeny, 1712 Southeast Ankeny.
0: Cool. Um, and lawns seem like kind of a lot of work, They're you know, they change all over the time, but so many people have them, um, why do we want lawns? What, what's the benefit there?
3: It really gives us a green space in order to play in and have a you know you need a place to to be in your lawn. Sure. Um, you can't really do that if you have all just flower beds and mm-hmm. gardens placed. So you need a an area that is able to take wear and uh, is also sustainable. And with with the ecology lawns, we. Uh, we we bring pollinators into the lawn, so okay. you, you actually get more than one benefit out of it. Yeah,
0: actually, we we have a croquet set on our lawn right now. We y- so we love our lawn, y- and we love pollinators. Every time I like bump into a plant and some bugs fly out, I'm like, yeah, do your thing put some pollen over there.
1: (laughs) (laughs) And I would also add that lawns provide a good contrast between nice lush green foliage or even brown foliage in the summertime and then all of the landscape shrubs and flowers and things that would be in the background so it really helps to provide contrast in a nice way. And what kind of seed would people put on a traditional lawn?
2: Yeah, uh, traditionalists really prefer lawn seed mixes that are just grass. Um, So uh, a particular favorite in the Pacific Northwest is the perennial ryegrass, Mm -hmm. considered one of the the prettiest lawns. It's shiny on one side and matte on the other and has a beautiful growth habit. Uh, We often mix those with fine fescues. Um, That gives it a little more drought tolerance and some shade tolerance as well. And then kind of a, a new favorite has been the tall fescue. There's been a lot of recent developments in varieties of tall fescue that make it more uh, amenable to uh, a lawn application, and so people are really interested in those types of lawns uh, for their great drought tolerance.
1: Okay, so the bottom line is perennial ryegrass and fescues form the basis of a, a grass lawn, but there's more.
0: Yeah, um, you know, I went to school in California and there was a drought going on and we had a lot of talk about switching to local native grasses and like I saw a lot of people doing like rock gardens and stuff. For, so for an eco-groovy per- Portlander who wants to be ahead of the curve and also g- ahead of the green curve, um, what w- what, you know, why would we recommend a lawn or what, what, what else is there? Yeah. Uh, you know,
2: for the eco-groovy mm-hmm. and, and for the, uh, you know, environmentally conscious, um, it, we really would recommend and, and probably steer them towards our ecology lawns or eco lawns. And that induce, uh, introduces species other than just grass to a mix, clovers, mm-hmm. um, but also flowers, herbs, and other forbs. Um, and adding these uh, different components really um, increases drought tolerance, and, but then also lowers maintenance. Um, and they fix nitrogen in the soil, so there's no need for fertilizers or adding inputs to the environment that we don't need.
1: Okay, so the overall the idea is that there's still some grass, but there's also clovers and forbs that are gonna just make the lawn a little bit less high maintenance. That's and, prettier. Right. and prettier. And prettier, yeah. there you go, and attracting <laughs> pollinators.
0: We have a listener, da- or a Facebook friend, Daniel, he wants to know where can he find clover, clover spout, sprouts suitable for consumption?
1: Oh. I don't know the answer to that one. I would say probably at a garden center like Portland Nursery or Dennis' 70s where they're selling um, vegetable seeds would be my best
0: bet. Okay, cool.
1: Now, Amy and Josh, how did you two first get into the lawn seed business? What's the backstory here?
3: Um, I was volunteering at a, uh, a local historic home and I'd been asked to revamp the grass patio and I was new to the area. So I wanted to find an expert in lawn seed, and a friend of mine said you need to go see Hobson Hopkins Pro Time Lawn Seed. They uh, were in, they've been around since 1979. Uh, I walked in the store. I knew immediately that I'd found something special. Um, the the former owner spoke to me about lawns and said, you know, I'm trying to get out of the business. I'm I've, I've been in it for thirty some years i'm ready to retire can you uh would you want to buy my business basically Uh, (laughs) so you happened upon an opportunity (laughs) to
1: buy a business cool and amy how did you join the fund
2: well i was i was along for the ride and had been working in entrepreneurial lending so i was looking to be an entrepreneur actually and it just really was an interesting opportunity and i think as we looked into it more we realized the potential because um, you know the founders at Hobson Hopkins really had an eye uh, for the future and um, had a great uh, they really had their eye on the trend too so I think in the ecology yeah. line, Both
1: a good customer base and also really good sources of seed material that you could plug into so in many ways it sounds like it was a, a plug-and-play entrepreneur type opportunity. That's right. right. And Absolutely. That, That's
0: common right where there are a lot of farmers who are getting older and their families don't necessarily want to take over their farm and they're looking for for people who are motivated and want to continue on that work, because that's their whole
1: life, life's mm-hmm. work. That, that is a good end. point yeah. with regards to agriculture, but really uh, horticulture across the board, sure. generations are changing. Yes. And we really need more people stepping into roles in the horticulture world, yeah. both as landscapers and otherwise, because totally. um, having plants mixed in with human life is a good thing. Yeah. And that's what horticulture is all about. Amen. You're with Grow PDX Radio Show. I'm your host, Weston Miller, with digital producer Diana Suarez. We're talking with Amy Cox and Josh Middleton of ProTime Lawn Seed. And now we're gonna keep talking. So here in the Willamette Valley, which is the grass seed capital of the world? if folks have driven down I-5. You know that we grow a lot of grass seed. Help our audience to understand this regional agricultural product.
3: No place else in the world can grow grass seed as well as the Willamette Valley. We have the perfect mix of cool wet springs which allow the seeds to put on very heavy well by the plants to put on a very heavy seed set and then we have these dry summers so they're allowed to dry the crop in the field rather than bring it indoors so that that saves on space it saves on um, time so we're really in the perfect area to grow cool season grasses
1: so I have a question so if I just let my lawn that has perennial grass or perennial um rye in it if i just don't mow it would it eventually seed it sure would it sure would but they they time it well so that it overwinters and then in the spring puts out a big stock exactly and then um they do harvest it in the middle of summer there and it dries right there out in the field
0: cool uh do you guys i love dogs um and my favorite thing is to just like roll around in the grass with dogs is there a specific grass or seed that you would recommend for that
2: in fact there is uh we just introduced i think last year um our pt-767 dog park Okay. Um,
0: specifically designed for the, the dogs dog, and dog so owners. So yeah. if I don't have a dog, I want to put this all over my lawn to attract dogs. <laughs> Is <laughs> that <laughs> how that works? Perhaps. Okay, cool. <laughs> <laughs> Got it. Okay. And you, you certainly don't have to have a dog to have dog park,
2: <laughs> but we did pick all the components in it for specific reasons. And okay. Um, Such as wear
1: tolerance, mm-hmm. uh, salt tolerance. Um, salt tolerance from when the dog's peeing, that's, exactly. that's a uh, salt in essence, uh-huh. and it, it burns the grass in terms of fertilizer burn, but also the salts are there. So it's just basically more resistant. And do you have like dog parks like from the city, buying the seed and putting it out there?
3: We sure do, all across the country.
1: Right on, that's awesome. Yeah, That's awesome. And you've already mentioned micro clovers, and I also want to throw yarrow out there as really one of my favorite plants in terms of eco lawns. How do they help to make a lawn more drought resistant?
3: Microclovers and yarrow are both very drought-tolerant plants, um, so they stay green when all of the other plants go dormant. So then you, you have the look of a green lawn, but it's really the microclovers and the yarrow that are carrying
1: that green. And then in the meantime, the grasses are still there in the middle of the summer. They just might die out or and turn brown for the time being, but they just com- go dormant. Com- yeah. Come rain time, they'll green back up. Well, that's really cool. So, um, drought tolerance is a really important thing in terms of folks who don't want to work quite as much, and also just thinking about the bigger picture in terms of our changing climate and wanting to make sure that we have resilient landscapes.
0: Yeah. So, one uh, one of the happy flowers that I see a, a lot in the little in lawns is those little tiny white flowers that I think are sometimes weeds, and I sometimes give me anxiety, but they're English daisies. Yeah. Um, so, are they are they good for lawns? They yeah. are. Okay. English
2: daisies are, are great for lawns. It's cool. actually it's often referred to as a lawn daisy. Oh. Um, and works. it's uh, <laughs> one of the features of our fleur de lawn, which has been one of our best selling ecology lawn mixes for fleur de over 30 years. Yeah, good. I like for it. 30 years we've been <laughs> selling it. Cool. Um, and um, they set uh, f- flowers very low on the stem. You can mm-hmm. mow them and they'll come back, as you've noticed in, yeah. the, in the parks and around. Um, And they're very drought tolerant and wear tolerant, so they're a great addition.
0: Are they pollinators, or do they have pollen? They
2: sure do. Absolutely. Yeah, Yeah.
1: as a daisy, they're going to be a great plant for pollinators as well, and they really are just happy. There's yellows, there's pinks, there's whites, and they mix in really nicely to a a more casual lawn. I know. And, whoa, I saw on your website that you have a no-mow mix, so I thought lawns needed to be mowed.
2: Well, we have, we've got two, two <laughs> no-mo mixes on there now, so I'm not no sure no mix which uh, <laughs> one. Um, we have a, a PT705, our Xeriscape mix, which is unique in our offering because you can mow it if you'd like or not. And the plants in there stay relatively the same proportionally um, whether you mow it or not, which can be sometimes of a, a challenge. Um, so the, the 705 contains the, the yarrow, sweet alyssum, sweet clovers. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, and how about m- just the
1: grass one so yeah you could just let it grow and it looks a little bit frumpy on some floppy levels. floppy that's but right. it's it's still a lawn and it still could be a place where people could play and things like that to a degree that's
0: yeah, right we it do. It We have yarrow and sweet alyssum in our yard we're pretty excited about them springing
1: up so oh, wonderful yeah.
2: keep yeah. them in there <laughs> yeah yeah. <laughs> yeah
1: there you go and we're going to take some more horticulture questions soon but before we do that we want to to Amy and Josh about what inspires you the most about your work in the lawn seed world.
2: Oh, gosh. I mean, part of it is just um, really being part of the Portland and the Oregon ethos. You know, um, we collect these seeds from the, the valley. Um, some of our seed is actually hand collected. And then we bring it into our shop and often are mixing right there in our shop in a, in a concrete mixer. Um, and, you know, coming up with all of these great mixes um, to share with with all of Oregon and and beyond and and that's fun we
3: we recognize that we're kind of uh not the norm uh you can't really go to other towns and go to a grass seed store and here in the Willamette Valley we're so close to the source it makes it possible for us to sell just grass seeds and wildflower seeds and
1: and I gotta say we just saw a Facebook comment that said I hate the moss (laughs) what are your thoughts on moss and lawns
2: (laughs) I think moss can be can be beautiful but I think at certain times of year-round here, it turns, turns brown and um, you have to do something about it. But uh, usually a moss, at least in lawn, is an indication that your lawn is is kinda going downhill. You need to oh. do some things uh, to your <laughs> lawn to correct that. Um, it could mean that it's it's really shady or the soil is very compacted um, or it's just very moist. Mm-hmm. Um, and
1: I think we'll provide some um, specific instructions on how to deal with the moss after our break, but I'm gonna go ahead and say that my neighbors have a, a lawn that's on the north side of their house under a big shady tree and it's entirely moss and i'd say in that situation evolution has told us what's the best species to be grown in that particular location yeah. moss so moss tells us mm. that the soil conditions are acidic and that they're a little bit on the wet side so that might mm. be a good choice for some situations and then after our break we'll talk about how to deal with it this is a grow grow pdx radio show and podcast we're talking lawns with amy cox and josh middleton of pro time lawn seed they'll be staying with us as we take your gardening questions for a final segment give us a shout at 503-233-9729 or you can post your questions on the facebook feed at the Oregonian. we'd love to hear from you i'm weston miller we'll be back in a minute
0: Support for X-Ray FM comes from Lackey Construction, specializing in residential and light commercial construction projects in Portland, Oregon. More information available at lackeyconstruction.com. Support for X-Ray FM comes
2: from Portland Nursery. For over 100 years, Portland Nursery has provided Portland residents with a wide selection of healthy plants and expert gardening advice. Community-oriented and family-owned, Portland Nursery, a passion for plants, a nursery for plant people located on 50th and stark and on 90th end division
1: welcome back to grow pdx i'm your host weston miller with diana suarez we're joined by our friends josh and amy from pro time lawn seed and now we're going to get ready to take your gardening questions in terms Um, of the moss that we talked about a little bit already um The best way to go about handling moss in a lawn situation, if you don't want it there, is to scrape it out and just use regular hand tools for that. A rake is gonna do really well. And then once you have the soil exposed, you could rough it up as best you can and then get some lawn seed, like this rough and ready lawn mix right here. And then maybe sprinkle a little bit of compost over the top of that, and then make sure to water it so that it becomes established. But overall, really, the best way to deal with moss and lawns is to prevent it from growing by growing a really robust stand of lawn. And Josh and Amy, what are your recommendations on just keeping a lawn healthy?
2: Yeah, one of the things we do recommend is just, you know, every two to three years, give it a good core aeration. Um, it, that just pulls plugs out of the lawn and uh, allows the lawn basically to, to breathe. Um, you can take it a step further and fill those holes with a, uh, a ceramic, a porous ceramic. Um, this just kind of permanently fills those holes and creates spaces for those uh, roots to grow and to feed on. Um, uh, the
1: ceramic has mm-hmm. lots of pore spaces. It's going to mm-hmm. fill with air and water and basically just keep the, the root zone healthy for the lawns. Exactly. That's right. Cool. And Diana, anything on Facebook for us?
0: Um, Not right now, guys. Shoot us us your questions. We got lawn experts all day. But I have a question. Yes, Um, please. What's the best method for seeding? Do you just like throw it out with your hand like you would feed some chickens or... Yeah, that
3: works very well. Okay. Um, th- is th- that's kind of how we described it as uh, yeah. going out and feeding the chickens. Pour okay. it in a bucket and <laughs> then just kind of scatter it. But you can also use a broadcast spreader. We we really recommend not using a drop spreader, which is more for fertilizer. Mm-hmm. Um, you you will drop too much seed if you use that. But a broadcast spreader, either a hand cranked one or a push behind.
0: Yeah, and then Weston also said to compost or mulch. What what kind of compost would we get, and where? What's the best way to get Yeah, You know, one of the things
2: that we have, we're lucky to have it in the Willamette Valley, is a grass straw mulch. It's a byproduct of the grass seed industry, and it's grass that's been hammered and then heat treated, so there's no live seed in it, so you're Mm. not introducing any new kind of seed. Um, But you can spread that over the, the top of your lawn seed and keep it nice and warm, at least at this time of year, and moist. And where do we get that from? You can get that at Pro-Time Lawn Seed. Very good. <laughs> cool. And
1: do you use a mulch roller for that or just broadcast it by hand?
3: We do. We, uh, we recommend a mulch roller to put down the most even layer of that grass straw mulch. Uh, we rent those as well.
1: Okay, cool. cool. And just to describe a, a mulch roller, it's like a, a barrel made out of wire mesh on its side. And you put the bale of mulch in there and then you push it along with a handle and it lays a really nice thin layer of mulch right on the surface. And just why does the mul- why is it helpful? What it, what is what does it accomplish?
3: It it keeps the seed in place. It it holds moisture and it also holds uh, heat in, which is it's kind of you create the environment that the grass is normally. When you think about how a grass plant grows, once it drops its seed, its its leaves from the previous year are laying down there on top of it. So it mm-hmm. it kind of creates the environment that the seed is normally growing in.
1: Got it. Now, I'm a little bit sad because the the warm season is beginning and the grass is growing and I'm way behind the curve at my house. Tell us about mowing. Do I really have to mow every week?
2: No, absolutely (laughs) not. Um, But it it probably does take a a little bit of... um, preparation in that, you know, if you are engaging in sustainable lawn care, um, you know, if you're using maybe just organic fertilizers rather than synthetic fertilizers, the the synthetics tend to make the the grasses grow more quickly. Um, And then as we get into our drier season, you know, it's not as necessary to water that often. Um, If you've trained your grasses to go deep down for water, to get those roots deep down, Um, You don't need to water as frequently. Now, I know there's natural rainfall that you're working against right now. but There is. um. (laughs) Yeah, the soil conditions are really wet,
1: and the grass hasn't started growing as much as I thought it would, but really I'm talking about six inches or eight inches of shaggy mane on my grass at this point. And I do have a a quarter-acre lot and a fair amount of lawn because I have kids that play on it. Um, But I would say overall, if the grass is too long, how do I deal with it?
0: Cut it.
3: Yeah, uh, really, uh, you never want to mow the grass more than one-third at a time. Okay. Uh, Good It's advice very that. important to not do more than that because then you put the grass into stress. You have a tendency to rip the grass when it's that long. Your mower can't handle it, and that introduces disease um, and really causes more problems than it's worth. So no more than a third at a time, cut it a third, wait a week, cut it another third, wait a week
1: okay that's good advice and then in the meantime there's gonna be lots of debris that's gonna the end up there and i can just mulch mow that and it'll eventually return its way to the soil and become part of the fertilizer cycle as well
0: i have a question when should i put on my golf shoes and walk around and aerate ah. the grass i'm just kidding
1: <laughs> <laughs> and they do have um shoe based aerators and yeah. little hand-based aerators yeah. and i'd say for a small lawn space those things might be useful but for a larger lawn Uh, renting an aerating machine is going to be the best bet probably Yes,
0: we do also have a question from a listener on this, uh, who text messaged us he said, um, I've heard you can take moss from the street and use it to grow moss in your dark shadowy yard can you and how?
1: Sure, I can address that. The answer is, yeah, absolutely. (laughs) Um, I would say don't just take it off of the street or other people's property without asking them. Um, But overall, you can... Moss thieves (laughs) 101. (laughs) You can basically scrape moss up and then transplant it into a new area if you just prepare the soil a little bit. And then another technique is that you can blend it up and then smear (laughs) it on the surface that you want it to cover, and it will take a little bit slower, but it will eventually take in that way as well. That's so moss is, is definitely a, um, it likes to grow here in the Portland area.
0: Yeah, X-Ray FM for moss, li- moss lovers and haters alike. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
1: Now, I I don't have a gasoline-powered mower at these p- this point because they're loud and they spew pollutants. Mm-hmm. Can you, Amy and Josh, talk about what are some of the other options in terms of mowing for folks out there who want to be as ecological as possible?
3: Sure. Well, there are several different um, new electric mowers out there. They've become more and more popular, especially with the uh, advent of these more powerful battery packs that you're seeing more construction workers use. So you can recharge it yourself. Um, That's an excellent way of avoiding the noise pollution, the air pollution uh, that common gas-powered mowers can cause.
2: And, you know, a a manual mower, too, can be great. I would just encourage everyone, no matter what lawn mower you have, is keep those blades sharpened. It's a lot easier to mow when the blades are sharp, and it's healthier for your lawn as well.
1: Yeah, and with a manual mower, it's going to require a couple passes, probably. You can't just do one pass with them. You have to go over it again to chop stuff up a little bit finer. Otherwise, you'll end up with frumpy clumps of grass sticking on the surface.
0: We got a listener text that says, Have some kids to have some manual labor for the rest of your life. Not uh-huh. <laughs> well, go so <and> that. <laughs> yeah. And, um,
1: you know, I have not gotten my kids into lawn care yet, but they do help huh? me with the slugs a little bit here. That's and there.
0: funny. Well, I remember when I was 11, my stepdad put me out and said, You know, you're going to mow the whole lawn by yourself because there's no reason why you can't. And I said, P- Okay. And he, then he watched me for an hour as I tried to pull the thing and then it realized he realized an hour later that he uh, there was no gas in it and he was like oh I'm sorry <laughs> <laughs> we have an audience question about the timing
1: so when is going to be the best time to lay down grass seed yeah that's a great question we are
3: right now entering into that period uh we would like to see soil temperatures at 50 degrees um in order to get good germination Um, right now we tested the soil temperature yesterday and we're about at 48 49 degrees Um, so within the next week or two when we get some 60 degree days we should be at that perfect point
1: to Mm. put down grass seed and just take people through step by step the process
2: yeah so um you were talking earlier about um uh, if you have an existing lawn and you just want to renovate, mow it very low, which you already have. Give it a good rake with a hard-tined rake to fluff up the surface uh, and create bare spots. Um, because when you want to, when you throw down your seed, you want to make sure you have direct seed to soil contact, um, and that's what it takes to germinate seed. And then you could top dress it if you choose, uh, and then just keep it moist. And that's going to be a good good lawn renovation and for you.
1: Great, and that that would be something that people could do now into May or so. And then don't do it in the middle of the summer, but if you wanted to try it late season, like in mid-September or so, that would be another good time to renovate the lawn. You've been listening to Grow PDX Radio Show and Podcast. Thank you to our guests, Amy Cox and Josh Middleton of Time Lawn Seed. Thanks for coming. Thank you Thank for you. having us. The show is produced by me, Weston Miller of OSU, and Diana Suarez, and Will Romy of X-Ray FM. Join us again next week at 1 p.m. We'll be talking about beekeeping and <laughs> taking your gardening questions. Yay, bees! Yay. Yeah, Diana's right. excited. Yay. You Love can bees. catch the podcast of the show at Grow PDX on Facebook. Thanks for joining us. X-Ray.